Hello and welcome to the Humble Entrepreneur Podcast. I am Rob Terry and this is my podcast on life and business, the lessons and learnings, failures that I have had since 2005, which is when I started out in business. Hey guys, Rob Terry from the Humble Entrepreneur again. Um, Friday, I hope you've had a good week. We're nearly all there and made it for another week and it's uh, gonna be the weekend, so a chance to put your feet up and uh, take it a bit easy if you've uh, had one of those weeks. Um, to be fair, it's been quite a good week down here, so um, we're all good and uh, good and happy. Um, this podcast is gonna be a little bit about um, five tips, uh, five things that we found, uh, or I've found, um, work for us in the business down at Nationwide Ventilation. Um, just some little hopeful sort of hints and tricks that should you know help help coach a couple of themselves or even get you through leads or inquiries or something like that so um, yeah really it's uh, it's just just to give you guys a bit of a um, bit of idea of how we do things down here how we find, we find things work so um, before that what I was going to quickly talk about was um, I got I was having a, a conversation with a lady on uh, Facebook the other day and uh, we got on to talking about logos, that kind of thing, uh, company logos, and we got on to talking about the hum- humble entrepreneur uh, logo. And um, what we was um, we was discussing was, well, what she was saying was she found it quite interesting that um, the logo is the humble entrepreneur, but at the same time has a crown on it. So, you know, what was that all about? And uh, I was just basically trying to explain to her, it's kind of the, like a slight paradox, really, that although you are um, humble and being humble, but it doesn't mean that you still can't achieve greatness. So the word humble on there obviously was humble and obviously the crown on there for obviously dictating uh, greatness. So that was really what it was about, just in case you've ever, ever looked at the logo and wondered what it was about. And she said, no, she agreed. She said that she thought it was a really fantastic concept to do it that way around. So the humbleness, but at the same time still um, projecting the, the, the fact that whilst you can still be humble, you can still actually achieve and do great things. And uh, Again, the, the, that's what the, the, the logo dictates, which then led on to how, who made the logo, that kind of thing. And it was actually um, my, my um, youngest son, who's um, an aspiring uh, sort of designer, sort of, uh, sort of logos, that kind of thing. And he, he's done loads for me. He's done loads of these fantastic little logos and things. He's like, he's only just turned 15, but he's massively talented at it. Well, I think he is anyway, which I would do, obviously, because I'm his dad. But um, yeah, so my youngest son, Ben, actually designed that logo for me. And uh, he's got his own little sort of sideline business on the go, actually designing logos. Does that um, for a number of people all around the world. Every so often he'll come down and say to me, oh, Dad, by the way, I've got another £30 coming in that's being paid via PayPal for, the, uh, for a new um, logo design that I'm doing. Um, and it's for all these guys, for these podcast, uh, sorry, not podcast, uh, for these Xbox clans and things like that. So he's sort of a predominant customer. But it actually, it works out nicely for me, sir anything that I want myself doing, I can actually just blag him and get him to do the, uh, do the logo or, or whatever for me. And he's done a few, and like I say, to be fair, he's actually actually quite good at it. So uh, I think it's Trinity Designs is his, um, is his actual little uh, company he's got on the go. So if ever you get stuck or you need something, give us a shout, and he'll do you a dirt cheap price, but give you a real good high quality logo at the same time. So, right then, let's move on to, um, to sales, which is what this this podcast is about, and uh, I've got five five tips for you, um, which are basically um, things that we found that work or help with sales um, over the years we've been in business down here at Nationwide Ventilation. Now, 
um, for sales in the, in the company there's actually three of us that do it we've got two other salesmen that do it and myself that does it as well so um, a good good broad mix of um, uh, experience from fully fledged salespeople that have been in the industry for sort of 20 30 years um, to sort of myself which is in terms of sales is, is relatively new um, a new start out but there's so there's these these five things that between us we've sort of come up with that we think will help you in your business um, if you follow some of these key tips um, to help get sales and, and that kind of thing now number one the first one is um, when you're trying to get sales the best time to push for sales is when you don't need the sales now I know that sounds really daft um, you're already busy trying to fulfill your orders that you've got but what it does is that if you if you're desperate for sales you'd start doing silly things you start you'll take a discount or if they turn around to you and say oh, well can you do it for this price you need the work you've got to get it you've got to have it therefore you'll do it they'll probably place the order with you anyway but like we all would they're trying it on a little bit um they're they're they're, they're sort of trying to get a bit of a discount or whatever from you because you're coming across and if you are desperate people see that they know that you know you need the work um and you know you're keen to, to keen to get the sales at any cost so the difference is if, if you're more in a case of well we don't actually fully need to get the sales but you obviously want to get the sales um, you can be a little bit more laid back about it and you can play a little bit more hardball because you're not desperate you don't need that sale to meet the next week's bills so um, a lot of people sort of have this cycle of um, really 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 busy got loads and loads of sales and then it's like boom, off a cliff and it's oh shit we've got nothing now now what do we do well we'll just get any sales we can um, because we need the sales um, and you'll, you'll find people start doing things stupid silly things they'll be doing things um, doing jobs or doing work or services at, at, at cost just to cover their base units forgetting about the fact they need to make a margin or anything like that so that's number one actively seek the sales when you've got the sales it's a, it's a bit similar to like the networking when you need to go networking um, you need to network when you need you know when you're doing it so it's, it's, it's the same kind of thing you know don't wait until the sales have completely dried up and stopped before you go out looking for them because you'll be doing desperate silly things in sales it's like anything momentum builds momentum sales builds sales and you need to keep that ball churning that ball rolling keep going and keep pushing it because like I say if you don't you're going to get to a point where you've got no sales and then you're going to be desperate and you're going to be all running around doing silly things uh, you'll be spending so much time trying to drag sales in that you won't have time to focus on the rest of your business so actively seek those sales when you've already got lots of potential sales and lots of potential work on already so that's point number one um, or tip number one call it if you will um, number two is the age-old thing of which is basically under promise but overperform. so many times you hear salesmen saying yeah we can do this for you we can do that for you we can get this we can do that we can give you this for free we can give you that for free and then when the actual sale comes through the customer's paid their deposit or they've given you the order all of a sudden it's oh well actually no we, i thought i could do that but i can't do that and that's then starts to give the customer the hump what that then does is what could be potentially a repeat customer they're gonna be thinking oh well actually he's told me one thing but he said another so um, likewise in terms of timescales don't turn around and say to somebody yeah you can have that product in four days five days or whatever if you cannot deliver it in that time if you turn around to somebody and say yep yeah, it's going to be with you in three days time and they're still waiting three weeks down the line chances of you ever getting another repeat order from them is going to be really really slim because you've just not followed through on what you've told them you're going to do um, it's, it's really that thing of do what you say you're going to do or do it the other way around slightly slightly under promise say oh yeah you'll have it in seven days knowing that full well you can do it in five days they'll think oh that's fantastic 
you know, we, 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 was, we was told uh, seven days, but we got it two days early, that's great. Um, plus it also gives you a little bit of leeway. If they turn around to you and say, oh, well you say seven days, you can have it in seven days. And then all of a sudden they say, well actually I could do with it in six days or five days or whatever. Then you can, it gives you that bit of, bit of scope to play with. And again, if you can turn around and hit that, you're hitting and doing what you say you're gonna do. A lot of things in business are all about doing what you say you're gonna do and, and doing it consistently and being consistent. So in, in sales, always if you can, try and under promise, play it down, but then overperform when it comes to actually delivering the product or the or or the actual service or, or whatever it is that you might be selling. I mean, it's it's the same across the board. It don't matter don't matter whether you're selling snow to Eskimos or you know whatever. Whether you're selling the next widget or you're selling cars or you're selling anything, it's always the same. Try and under under promise it, but then always come back and overperform, and then the customer will love you much much more for it. So that's that's number two. Tip number two or. Right, sorry about that. You probably noticed a little glitch there. I was actually, I'm obviously, I'm using my phone uh, down here in the office recording that. So <laughs> I actually had a phone call come through at the same time. So you, you know, the video all for uh, frozen pause. So yeah, so we was up to um, up to tip number two there. So um, now we'll move on and uh, we'll go for um, uh, tip number tip number three or you know uh, number three as it were. So um, right, that is. Um, in sales, never reveal, if, you, if you've got a fairly high ticket price, never reveal your price up front. Now, like what we do, um, the ventilation industry, what we do, um, it's a fairly costly item. I mean, a, a system can be anywhere from sort of 15 to 25,000 pounds or even upwards. I mean, I think the biggest one we've done sort of 150,000 um, pounds. So it's quite a big, um, big ticket item. Now, if you turn around to the customer straight away and go, right, it's going to cost you 150 grand for what you want, or 15, 20 grand, they're going to suddenly go, God, blimey, that's a bit, uh, that's a bit on, bit on the steep side. So, what you really ideally need to do before you actually hit them with the price or the bottom line on it, and don't get me wrong, the customer's going to be pushing you for it because all they want to know is how much it's going to generally cost them. Um, what you've got to do is you've got to basically try and sell the value of using you, your product, your services, or whatever it is you're trying to sell to the customer. You've got to sell them the full value of doing it with you. So, for example, at Nationwide, um, the, the things we'd say is, look, we do a full package. We do everything for you. Everything's manufactured from our own factory in the UK, because a lot of our competitors, um, they actually manufacture things. They get things brought in from Poland, so there's lead times, or if there's problems, there's you know it takes a long time to get them resolved. But with us, we've we've got it all because you know we've got our own eleven thousand square foot factory here, so we can do it all in house. If there's a problem or something needs remaking, we can get it done quickly. Um, like I say, we do the full package. We'll do the full electrical setup and everything for you. Other companies won't do that. Um, all the manufacturing is UK based as well. Um, we produce council drawings for it. Um, we'll attend, we've got our own project managers that attend site meetings, because a lot of people, they'll just chuck a team of fitters on site, get it smashed out and be off site, moving on to the next one. So, and then afterwards, after we've installed the product, we've got a full, um, full after sales uh, facility in terms of, we've got our sister company, which looks after the maintenance. So once your system's installed, we can then look after it, maintain it for you, because you know, they're spending this considerable amount of money on it. Um, so they, you know, they wanted to make sure that they can get it looked after properly. It's like spending all the money on the on the Mercedes Mercedes car. You know, thirty five, forty grand on a car. You want to make sure it's been looked after, the engine service correctly, and that kind of thing. So we can then roll that on. So you start giving the customer the confidence and building it with them, 
and, and selling them the full benefits of you rather than just going wallop there you go there's the price I mean it's, it's not like potentially most times nine times out unless you send something like iPhones or something real simple like pens or or whatever you know if you if you sell them a fairly bespoke product or something like because like what we do in the in the ventilation industry it's it's all bespoke everything is exactly made as per site and the requirements for site um, so that's that's why there's at times the, the cost can be quite high um, and so for that reason you know we've got to sell them the benefits we've got to tell them why they need to use us what the benefits are of using us what this you know it gives and then it gives them that safety factor that you know all right yeah it is so once you do that they, they start getting that level of confidence in you and you can you can um, you can then build on that and it makes the say it just helps to make that, that, that sale easier and it's not such a big oh, oh, big sort of steep intake of breath from all of a sudden there's this big crunch bottom line of the you know 15 20 grand when they was probably not expecting it but once they know what they're actually getting for their money they're getting all the extra features they're getting all the extra benefits and they're getting all the extra service of using you that then gives them the confidence and explains to them why all right it might be a little bit more than what they're expecting to pay um, or what they, they've got in their budget to pay it but for those reasons you've now explained why you're going to potentially be a little bit more costly because the problem is if you just go straight in with a price all it's going to be then is it's just going to be it's just going to be a battle with you and the other competitors out there that uh, it's just going to be a, a, a price driven exercise and whoever gets to the, the lowest price at the bottom first is going to be the winner now we don't work that way around we don't we, we set a price and we stick to that price we can we can do slight bits we tend to stick to the price because we obviously know our value and we that we pre-sell all the benefits to the customer for us we don't want to get involved in this sort of almost dutch auction where you're fighting to get to the lowest price first because invariably when that happens you know it, you're cutting corners you're using cheaper products you're using cheaper bits and pieces you have to cut cut corners in terms of the service but the customer's not going to see that they're not going to say well you're going to turn around and say to them, well, we, we did it for cheaper for you, therefore you haven't got all the bells and whistles and the bits and pieces. They're not going to expect that. They're going to be still expecting the bells and whistles, but for the cheaper price. It's, these, it's the age of customers, you know. They want a tenner for a fiver, that kind of thing. So um, so make sure you pre-sell all of your benefits to your product, your service, or whatever it is prior to revealing the price. So always try and get the price revealed or actual the formal quote last. That's why you always put it at the end of the quote, so people don't look top line and then go, right, don't want to read the rest of it. So, right, so that's, uh, that's tip number three now. Tip number four is another one. It sounds a little bit strange at first, but I'll, you'll, you'll get it once we fully explain it, and that's make sure you're fishing in the right pool. What the hell has fishing got to do with sales? Well, th let me explain that to you. The reason I say that is, if you're fishing, you're going fishing for carp, and you go to a lake that's got no carps in it, you're never going to catch one, are you? Likewise, if you're trying to sell something and there's no need for it in the area you're trying to sell it, there's no point in going and keep going there and trying to sell it. Um, often you'll find that um, people attend networking meetings, for example, uh, for networking, massive one in the country, fairly common. Uh, the, the thing is with for networking, it is more smaller businesses, not that many bigger businesses. So for me to walk in there and say, right, who wants to buy a kitchen ventilation system? It's going to cost you... 15 to 25,000 pounds. Most people are then going to fall over and go, no chance, mate. We're used to buying pens and paper for a few quid here or there or smaller services. So there's no point in me keep going to those kind of meetings day in and day out trying to sell a big, expensive, exclusive product because there's just not the need, there's not the market for it. So it's a case of making sure, there's obviously a need in the market for it, but it's making sure you attend or you go to the places or the customers again that are going to do it. Likewise, if you're... Um, 
If you're trying to sell your product to a fairly high-end customer, they're gonna be able to potentially afford the price of it. Whereas if it's a slightly lower end customer or more of a budget customer, and you're trying to sell them a premium product, you're not gonna get anywhere with it. You're just gonna be banging your head up against the wall really. And all that's gonna do is just dishearten you. So I see so many people and a lot of people, they get, they, you know, they talk to me over Facebook and that kind of things. And they're saying, oh, you know, what can I do to help sell this product and blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to sell it here and I'm not really selling anything. It's because you're not trying to sell it in the right place need to find you need to find where your customer actually is first of all and then actively go and go fishing in that pool where your customers are so if you're selling a, a fairly high-end product you want to go somewhere that's doing it i mean if you if you turn up to a school for example and they're all driving around in uh the mums are all turning up in ferraris bmw you know the high-end bmws the porsches and that kind of thing it's going to be easier to sell them um, uh, for example um, beauty products that are really expensive rather than just if you turn up with your Avon catalogue they're not really going to be interested in it because they, they're used to the more high-end kind of things whereas if you turn up to a school most of the mums have walked to school and you can tell them you know you can tell by looking at people roughly what they're dressing that kind of thing um, you know they're probably going to be more you like Avon type catalogue people in terms of cosmetics and that kind of thing so you know just make sure you are actually fishing in the right pool because like I say if, you, if you're not fishing in the right pool you might as well not bother attending or not bother going to networking meetings you're better off saving your time and actually going somewhere else um, where, where you know that there are going to be customers for you so that's that's tip number four guys sorry it's the heating's on down here so it's really dry and it keeps the when i'm talking like this it gives me a bit of a dry throat so that's why i'm constantly sipping water just to just to uh, stop my throat from drying out so right the, the fifth uh tip for you and the final tip for you and this is a really quick and easy little simple one but a lot of people don't do it and it's why they fail to actually make a sale they've done all the hard work uh, they've done all the pre-selling, they've done all of that, and then they'll turn around and go, right, okay, that's me done, and uh, kind of almost walk off and leave the customer wanting. Ask for the fucking sale. It's as simple as that. Ask for the sale. You've done all the work, you've agreed, the customer's agreeing with you, you've got them on side, but actually say to them, right, we're at that point now, guys, money where your mouth is, can I have the order? And then that's gonna let you know. If you can't, it's gonna raise any objections. If they say, oh, well, I can't do it because of X, Y, Z. That gives you a chance to then count on that. You can actually go back to them and say, right, I understand that you can't do it for these reasons, but let me come back to you and say, right, you've got these concerns, let me address it. And then you can address the concerns. Once you do that, you then go back to them again and say, right, again, we're now at the point now where we need to move forwards. Can I have the sale? Can I have the, uh, the order? It's gonna save you time as well, guys, because if, you, if you've, you, know, you just walk off and you leave it, you just, you've wasted all that time, and so many people do that. They do all the hard work of getting to the point where they've got people built and in, 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 they're ready and at the point to actually buy, and then they just leave them. And it's almost like when you all go onto Amazon, you sit there clicking, you put all the things in your shopping basket, oh, well, I don't actually need to do that, let them just leave it in there. Well, next time around, you forget about it. Well, there's these new, um, these new apps and, and things. They actually then send you an email to remind you and say, you've got these things in your basket. Why don't you go and complete the order? Well, it's the same thing. It's the same thing as asking for that sale. They're doing the same thing. They're coming back to you and saying, can you actually go in? Can you log in? And can you order the bits and pieces? So ask for the sale, guys. It's a simple one, but it's so effective because it will do two things. It'll either, if they've still got any objections or they're not in a position to place it, you know, rather than just keep banging your head up against the wall, keep phoning them up, phoning them up, phoning them up. Or if they have got some objections or something that is a problem, then it gives you a chance for them to actually raise that with you 
because you may be saying you think all oh, right yeah they are actually ready to buy well no they're not yet ready to buy but if you ask them and they turn around and they say to you look there is these i've got these concerns i've got this issue with it um that then gives you a chance to respond to them so that's tip number five now i'm not saying all of these tips are going to work for every single business because they're not every single business is different every single person and every single person out there selling is different but these are some of the things that we found um with us in our industry they work for us and many of them will work the same for you as well things like asking for the sale and making sure you're actually fishing in the right pool like i say where the customers are that kind of thing and like i say for selling high-end products make sure you you know you reveal your price last and you've sold them on all the benefits so um hope this is of some help to you guys um it's, it's been obviously fun doing it if you've got any extra tips or things that you find work comment give me some feedback on it because i love i love sales and, and that kind of thing i love doing them so if you've got any tips that you can add put them onto that i'd love to give them a go love to give them a try so if you've you know like i say if you have um, get in touch drop me an email or get in touch with me on facebook um, there's all the different places uh, there's now an actual humble entrepreneur website up and running which is www humbleentrepreneur.co.uk so you can get in touch with me via that so if that's the case you know you've got anything you'd like to add for that and think oh i've got this cracking sales tip forward it on and you know if we get enough again we'll do another podcast um, we'll do another podcast episode um, or another video episode because this has been done both i've got zoom set up doing um, recording the audio for the podcast and i've got the video set up to go into the humble entrepreneur uh, youtube channel as well so um, if we get enough other ones um, we can do it or i may even get to a point where i can get people to um, uh, come along and you know we can sit down and we can talk about it and we can sort of interview them or whatever as it were for their, for their tips for sales so like i say guys those five tips are of what some of the things that we do not all of it you know there are obviously other things we do but they're the ones that we find to be quite effective um so yeah hope it helps you out guys hope you have a good weekend like i said it's friday we've, yes we've made it all for another week so we uh you know weekend's coming up look forward to it and enjoy it and uh remember guys stay humble let your success talk for you thanks so much speak to you soon cheers bye see you later i think we have to go